This podcast is brought to you by 3B, the mental wellbeing company, hosted by Claire and Sue, co-founders of 3B. When you've got your wellbeing mojo on, you're firing on all cylinders. You're accepting of whatever comes your way. You're being resilient. We believe that one size does not fit all, and we want you to discover your own wellbeing mojo. So join us on our podcast journey where we'll be exploring the many different aspects of mental well-being. And hopefully, you can learn what you need to get your well-being mojo on. This week's podcast features an extract from our weekly radio show, Let's Talk Wellbeing. And this is Let's Talk Wellbeing with Claire and Sue. Now, our first hour, we had our interview with Narelle Summers, who has kindly stayed with us for our discussion this afternoon. So we're going to start with the poem, The Anatomy of Peace. And then we're going to have a bit of a chat about that. If there's anything that just it makes you think about if there's anything that you want to say please come through to us you can text us on 60066 and start your message with hcr you can email us at studio at hcr923fm.com you can also listen online to this so if you're out and about please do listen online it is hcr923fm.com so I will start. So this is by John Rodell, The Anatomy of Peace. And there is a link to this on the Facebook group as well. Yeah, it's on our Facebook page at 3B Wellbeing. Thank you, Sue. My brain and heart divorced a decade ago over who was to blame about how big of a mess I have become. Eventually, they couldn't be in the same room with each other. Now my head and heart share custody of me. I stay with my brain during the week and my heart gets me on weekends. They never speak to one another. Instead, they give me the same note to pass to each other every week. And their notes they send to one another always say the same thing. This is your fault. On Sundays, my heart complains about how my head has let me down in the past. And on Wednesdays, my head lists all of the times my heart has screwed things up for me in the future. They blame each other for the state of my life. There's been a lot of yelling and crying. So lately, I've been spending a lot of time with my gut, who serves as my unofficial therapist. Most nights, I sneak out of the window in my ribcage and slide down my spine and collapse on my gut's plush leather chair that's always open for me. And I just sit, 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 until the sun comes up. Last evening, my gut asked me if I was having a hard time being caught between my heart and my head. I nodded. I said I didn't know if I could live with either of them anymore. 
My heart is always sad about something that happened yesterday. Well, my head is always worried about something that may happen tomorrow, I lamented. My gut squeezed my hand. I just can't live with my mistakes of the past or my anxiety about the future, I sighed. My gut smiled and said, In that case, you should go stay for your, with your lungs for a while. I was confused. The look on my face gave it away. If you are exhausted about your heart's obsession with the fixed past and your mind's focus on the uncertain future, your lungs are the perfect place for you. There is no yesterday in your lungs. There is no tomorrow there either. There is only now. There is only inhale. There is only exhale. There is only this moment. There is only breath. And in that breath, you can rest while your heart and head work out their relationship. This morning, while my brain was busy reading tea leaves and while my heart was staring at old photographs, packed a little bag and walked to the door of my lungs. Before I could even knock, she opened the door with a smile and as a gust of air embraced me, she said, what took you so long? I've got goosebumps again. Every time I read that, I get goosebumps. I'm quite pleased with myself because I've managed to read it without blubbing. <laughs> the last couple of times I read it I got very very emotional which is a good thing why do you think you got emotional so it just it spoke to me it spoke to me so much it was interesting with this poem because we but I think we both saw it separately mm. didn't we and then we, we were kind of like oh we have to talk about this and um yeah it just I think it's just this idea of I mean this is just my kind of interpretation with it I suppose but this separation and this kind of relates to what Narelle was saying before about the, you know, the inner chatter and that whole kind of, you know, t talking to yourself, not very kindly, feeling things, pushing them away, not owning up to them. But then this idea where, you know, when it says at the end, you know, what took you so long, it's all there for us, isn't it? It's all there and yet we're getting in our own way half the time. And I think it was that that just really had a profound impact on me because I know I get in my own way constantly. Wow. That's quite powerful as well. Right. I think for me, I, I actually found it very powerful. Mm. And, and I think what really stood out for me was being present. Mm. Being in your lungs and being present. Yeah, as you say... The the inner chatter from, you know, in our brains and, and as, as minds can be really overwhelming sometimes and, and cause us stress. But then the heart can cause us so much pain. But the lungs, just for me, bring peace and harmony. And I, I just realise that 
you know, I've said that in, in the interview before. Um, for me, it was about being in the present moment more, even more than I am. Mm. Because it's the hustle and bustle of the, yeah. the, the brain and the, and, the, and the pain in the heart. And yeah, I, I want a simple life. And maybe that's because I'm getting older now. And I just think I like simple things. Yeah. And just being. It's just, yeah, it's a beautiful poem. I'd never seen it before. Yeah, I'd not come across it before. It was, it was really strange. It was me and Sue had come across it sort of like at the same time. And it is really powerful. What you're saying there is about mindfulness. It's about being in the now. You know, there's a lot of people that we've worked with and when we go into businesses and get them to look at actually living and breathing their well-being strategy, their mental well-being strategy. You know, a lot of times people are on board with us, which is fantastic, but every now and again you get people going, oh, is this more about breathing? And I, I just actually think, actually, yeah, that's the first part. Yes, there's other things that we need to do, but sometimes... The only thing we need to do is concentrate on our breathing, is come back to that breath, which is why it's one of our foundation key aspects for us. Because it's exactly what you've said. It takes it away from this head and this heart. Mm. It enables you to be just in the now, to, to stop thinking about the future, you know, to stop lamenting on the past, but actually just to be in the now. And when we do that, we open our minds up it's more mm. flexible then for us to go, okay, well, what can I do about this? It enables us to find different ways forward, doesn't it? I love that, Claire, because it, it opens our minds up, but it also opens our hearts up. And I think it, when we do that, when we take that pause, when we take that breath, I think we're less judgmental. We're more accepting. You know, it kind of we see possibilities rather than problems. And I think that applies... You know, you were talking about the workplace there, but it can apply in any scenario. It applies to ourselves, but also how we're maybe kind of reacting and interacting with other people as well. It's You were talking about wanting a simple life. I'm totally with you, Narelle, absolutely. Why make things way more complicated than they need to be? I've done plenty of that in my life. But I think there's a simplicity about this, isn't mm -hmm. there, that's really pure, it's really beautiful, and it's... I, I keep coming back to this idea. It's there. It's accessible. You already have this. Mm. How wonderful is that? That's the key, isn't it? You don't have to. You don't have to get in shape for it. No. You don't have to be a certain size for it. You don't have to be a certain gender for it. You know, it's available to us. We have it. We have it within us already. You know, to just come back to that, to our lungs, to that breath. One of the things I, I really got from this is this constant fight with my head and my heart. Mm. And I do that a lot. I find that I'm doing that because what happens for me is this emotion comes up for me. So in my heart, this emotion comes up and it's like a stabbing feeling. You know, it, it really does connect with my body. It mm -hmm. really does because I have this feeling of being stabbed often in it. And then my heart's going rationally. Why are you worrying about this? Mm. There is nothing you can do about that. You know, you just need to put that into the back burner. And yet my heart's going, yeah, it's all right for you to say that, you know. And there is there is that fight that's going on. And I could really empathise with this, you know. 
pat, I want to pat my bags. I want to go to my lungs because I, I want to go and see me gut because, you know, my head and my heart are doing my head in. <laughs> kind but, of thing. But the thing is that your head talks a different language to your heart. Mm, yeah. Definitely. So they're not going to connect. You're never going to have that. They're not going to be able to communicate. So you've got to go somewhere that is neutral. So you can listen to your heart separately, but then listen to your head as well and be neutral within within your lungs. And as you say, you've always got your breath. You know, there's so many little simple breathing techniques out there that are for stress and anxiety and being present. And even I do a lot of guided meditation. And, you know, you'll listen to... And it's within the first second, they'll say, take a deep breath. And you're instantly focusing on your breath and your lungs and being present. Yeah, totally. I, me and Sue are exactly the same. We do a lot of guided. We find that's a lot easier yeah. for clients because it can get them out of the head because it mm. gives them a focus, a different focus, focusing on on what's being said, kind of thing. And but taking that breath does enables us to come back to this focus of taking that breath. You know what's what's going on, so that you're getting out of you know this thought process mm-hmm. that takes place. And I know we've talked about this before, you know, I've got I've got a mindset that is constantly on the go, always. It's just one of those. Mm. And not everybody has that, you know, but I know there's people out there that can empathise with it, that it needs a constant source of information going on or whatever that happens to be. So when you were talking about that internal chatter, yeah, the, the, that's going on in my head. And the, But there are things that I can do that close that down mm-hmm. because it gives me a focus on something else. So my drawing and painting does it. You know, guided meditations do help with that. There are, so, And that's a kind of breath for me mm-hmm. because it enables me to shut that down because actually my heart isn't there either because mm. my soul focuses on something else that I'm doing. So, and there's, so there's different kinds of breath that we can take. Do you think? I, yeah, I love that, Claire, actually, because I think... And maybe it's going back to the point you were making about, you know, when we come across people who, oh, is this just breathing? Yeah. It's kind of, I think for those people who have got that scepticism or cynicism about it, they've not found the thing that's right for them, yeah. have they? And you're showing lots of different examples there about how we can take that breath and lots of scenarios and situations we can create for ourselves to make it easier to take that breath. And I think... But we, I suppose we have to be bought into it or we have to want for it in some way. Yeah, it was something that you'd said in the interview, Narelle. It was something that you said about how people do it when they're not in a good place. Mm-hmm. And actually we need to do it even when we are in a good place. So actually we need to do this breathing even then because actually it, it builds that up. It builds mm-hmm. up this connection with ourselves. It bring, it builds up this habit that mm-hmm. we've got. So actually it's much easier then, isn't it, going from there? Yeah, because when people are kind of at breaking point, they're, they're desperate. And sometimes, you know, that the breathing, even though the breathing exercises will be good for them, it might may be difficult. You know, it's like doing um, mindfulness or, or meditation. If you're doing that on a regular basis, that inner chatter is calming down all the time. But if you're waiting for that breaking point, 
that inner chatter could be massive and overwhelming and that meditation could be then very difficult and then and when things are very difficult for people that's when they don't do it and then that's when the, the problems will start to, to come yeah yeah you're absolutely right it's almost kind of like you you, you pass the point yeah of where you need it no aren't return you? and claire and i we're very big on kind of prevention and preventative yeah. measures yeah and then this is what we try to work with businesses on and, and individuals and it really relates with what you were saying about you know having these things in place so not only are they easy to access for yourself but also they're going to work quicker mm -hmm. whereas if you're in that extreme state of distress yeah. or like you say you're at, you're at that breaking point it's going to take longer for it to have the impact mm -hmm. isn't it mm -hmm. and as you say it's about getting that in the bank yeah yeah i like i like that you like that i like that i'm having it <laughs> Well, it's a great, we can all get on board with that. We all yes, understand that concept, don't we, about yeah. making deposits yeah. and withdrawals. Yeah. So if we make sufficient deposits... Then we can make a withdrawal. Built, yeah, we've built up a balance. Then we can withdraw when we're yeah. not in a position yeah. to make the deposits. Yeah. yeah. You've got your savings. Indeed. Exactly, yeah. It is exactly that. I mean, this poem clearly had an effect on all of us. There's clearly things that it connects to. We wanted to have a discussion on this because I do think that a lot of times there are little simple things that people can do that can really help them to build their mental well-being. You know, it doesn't always have to be this big life-changing mm -hmm. stuff. But I very often think that's what people are expecting. I know yeah. I used to expect that. And I can't say I, I never do now because I still do it at times. But we're expecting this sort of thunderbolt lightning. It's, oh, it's had this dramatic effect. And what you were talking about with your journey and going to NLP and the Havening and all of that, it wasn't a one thunderbolt it was like that happened yeah it suddenly was making sense to mm. you but it happened over a journey is that right yeah and i mean it happened over over time as well but the thing was it was like you know i was probably strolling along and then i, I kind of picked up speed and then by the end of it i was running because yeah. you know i'd got all this information yeah i mean it didn't happen overnight you know it took me about a year 18 months to put everything in, in place, what I'd, I'd learned. And, and not only that, I still go on courses today, mm. for me, mm. primarily, but then I do what, what any information that I learn, like my bank, um, will be passed on mm. to my clients or to, to my audiences. I, I want to grow and I want to learn for me and for everybody else. I love that mindset. Because I think it is sort of, it, it keeps us moving, doesn't it? But not in an unnecessary way, in a very intentional mm. way. And actually, it, it, like you say, you're, you're building you, all the time, aren't you? You're feeding yourself. Yeah, really. yeah, yeah. It's, feeding. It's nourishment, I think, that kind of growth and learning. Totally with you. And I think it was something that me and Sue were talking about on the way in, how... You know, I was saying, I wish I had one of these mindsets that I didn't care, you know, but actually it wouldn't be me. She was right. She was going, but that wouldn't be you, Claire, would it? And I'm like, no, you're right. It wouldn't be. Sometimes it seems like it's easier for others. But it is this, if you're trying to develop yourself, that you want the best for you as well. 
I think that comes out from you mm. and you want the best for others and you will let people be who they are. Mm-hmm. And we all meet people who we don't necessarily get on with, yeah. you know, we don't gel with. And then there's other people who we connect with like really straight away. Mm-hmm. There's just something in that. And one of our um an interview next week is a lady who deals with energy and I do I think there's this energy that we share with each other Mm -hmm. and I just think if we can do that if we if we do no harm if we are looking after ourselves we're able to do that more Mm -hmm. we're able to offer that to other people and okay we don't like them we don't have to do anything about them we don't have to connect with them we can just let them be who they are you know and just be okay with who we are as well does that make sense? Yeah, definitely. I think it's it's kind of it comes back to that awareness, doesn't it, about what's going on and kind of choosing where to put our energy. You know, what's what's sort of important right now. And, and coming back to the poem, it's kind of like the person in the poem has this struggle, don't they? Like you say, they've got this this conflict, this inner thing where they're being pulled in different directions. And it's like for me, it's like they know they need to do something, but they don't know what it is. They just need that, well, the gut to kind of point that out to them. Because you mentioned before about the head and the heart kind of conflict, Claire. But there's another conflict in there for me that's about this kind of past and future. You know, so it talks about my heart is always sad about something that happened yesterday, while my head is always worried that something may happen tomorrow. And it's just like... I mean, we've all been in that situation, I think, haven't we? Yeah. Where, <laughs> you know, where it's sort of that, and you feel, just talking about it, I can feel a pull mm. inside. Can you? Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's sort of that, that pull, and it's kind of like, well, where do, it's hard to be intentional, isn't it? It's hard to be focused when you've got such a big pull inside of you. And, yeah, I think it's about sort of, there's always something that we can do, and knowing that actually we're in the driving seat i think we just forget that don't we i think we forget that yeah we have that it comes up a lot i I don't know about you norel with your clients does it come up a lot about this feeling like they've got this lack of control Mm -hmm. yeah i can imagine it would especially within the emotional well-being kind of thing there is this thing about you know this lack of control and and part of me wants to go, well, actually, it's all a, it's all an illusion anyway that we have control. And then another part of me is like, but actually, you know, we can we can move forward with our destiny ourselves. And I think there, there is something within that. And I think that's something that you were very much talking about, Narelle, with it, it's got to start within. You've got mm-hmm. to start within you of what's going on for you, what fits for you really that's what it is about and this pull between the past and the present Mm. not beating yourself up over it isn't it yeah and and also it's about being brave yeah you know and i've said before i've got brené brown in my in my car um so yeah it's it's about acknowledging the fact that you do need help that's the first being aware of that Mm. um and then taking the steps to, to change and whether that is for yourself to go on courses and to change yourself or to go and see you know a coach or, or, or a therapist to make those those steps um but it is about being brave but if I can say that you know please be brave because when you are I'm not kidding you it's a fantastic feeling at the end 
and you know you will grow so much as as a person and I want to go back to um, what you said earlier Claire about connection you know if you are looking for a coach or, or a therapist you know go and have a look go onto YouTube or the websites and have a look at what kind of person they are. You know, we all are, have our own energy. We've all very unique. I'm, you know, I work with my clients in a very unique way. I'm quite direct with my clients. Um, and, you know, people buy into people. This is 3B, the mental wellbeing company with Let's Talk Wellbeing. So this is Let's Talk Wellbeing. We've got Narelle. Summers in the studio with us, who is an emotional well-being coach and an absolutely fabulous speaker as well. We are talking about the anatomy of peace by John Rodell. If you've got anything you want to share with us, please do text us on six double o double six and start your message with HCR, or email us on studio at hcr923fm.com. This whole poem is about the struggles that we have as human beings, you know, that our head is in one place, our heart is in the other. We're also, we have this gut that's going on. So we've talked about the, the lungs and that breathing. Something that I'm really keen on is this gut, you know, this, this at times when you, all you can do is go, oh, my gut's telling me this is the right thing or my gut's going, oh no, let's be a bit wary of this. I'm really big at listening to that. And I do think there is something in that. What do you guys think, Narelle? What do you think yeah, about the gut? I mean, the thing is, they, they say the gut is the second brain. Oh. So the gut will talk and it's intelligent, just like the, the brain. And it is, it can be very powerful. Like you say, somebody might say to me, oh, do you want to do this? And all, all of a sudden, my, my stomach will go, and I think, oh, no, that's not a good idea. Um, and it's, it is really powerful. And I think a lot of people don't listen to the gut. Because I think, they, I don't know, they, they say that there's some brain stems or cells or whatever in, in the gut. So it is kind of like a, a second brain and it is intelligent. And, um, yeah, I think... and. Like, like I said earlier on, I think we need to listen to every organ in our body, not, not just, you know, the head, the heart and the lungs. And the gut. I, you know, it talks. It very much does, because we were saying it's not only connected, it's all one, yeah. isn't it? It is this all-powerful all and it's all one. And, you know, if we are stressed, if there's stuff going on in our heads, it's going to come through in our bodies. We can make ourselves ill. Mm -hmm. You know, I've done that, you know, in the past. I have made myself ill because of things that's going on in my head. But also, like, your body can make your mind feel yeah. rubbish, that kind of stuff. So it's very much... It is very interlinked. It all works together. And I think we should listen to like our head, mm. our heart, all of our body and our 
our minds. Definitely. I think there's a lot of research coming out with the particularly with the gut health, mm. isn't there? Yeah. And I yeah, I have heard that term about it being the second brain actually. Um and I think it's completely fascinating. Mm. I think it's a little bit ridiculous of us to think that we know everything there is to know already, mm. you know, and about kind of how our bodies and our minds work. And so I find it really exciting with all the, you know, all the new developments in neuroscience, all the research that's being done into kind of fit emotions. Mm -hmm. um, and, and as you say, the stuff to do with the gut as well. I mean, I think I think we're kind of on the verge of something really, really exciting and transformational in terms of learning about ourselves as human beings. Um, so, yeah, I just get really excited. I, I mean, I'm not scientific at all, as you know. Um, but I do get excited about stuff. You do. And you do a lot of research into neuroscience. We do, don't we, yeah, as well, a business. It's important for of us course, yeah. to do that because it's mm. important. And I'm getting that from Unirel, that, that everything we do, we have research. We know that it, I, we've worked it ourselves, but we're not just coming from a you know a place of we don't have a clue what's going on. <laughs> it's really important to know why. what What's going on with us? Why mm. is this working? And how does this work? And is it suitable for our clients? That kind of thing. Yeah. I also think that the gut is more sensitive to things that are going on. Uh, and I'm talking from experience, really. So, for example, um, if I get upset, it's my gut that shows up. You know, I'll have an upset stomach and I'll think, oh, why am I, oh, is that because I'm, I'm upset? So for, for me, my, my gut is quite sensitive. And I think a lot of people um, have got sensitive um, guts as well so it's a, quite a sensitive feeling in there yeah and I think it's important for people to share this about themselves because I think you know like if you think about the idea of you know you get nervous you mm. have butterflies in your yeah. stomach yeah 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 that's where they live yeah. that's where they are yeah you know and we're, we're kind of used to maybe hearing that phrase mm. but it's sort of more about that side of things isn't it and I think it's important that that we talk about this kind of thing that this isn't unusual or something to suppress this is actually your body's way of telling you yeah. there's something that you need to pay attention to. And that's really key. And the whole thing about this poem is it brought attention for me to, OK, what's going on and, mm. and how do I do that? So we've got the lovely Narelle Summers in with us. We are talking about the Anatomy of Peace poem by John Rodell and just how this impacts on our mental well-being, how this impacts on our well-being in general, actually. There are lots of things within this poem that can just really get you thinking and understanding maybe what's going on for you, maybe the types of things that you could do differently or that you can start putting in place, that kind of stuff. So what what's it saying to you guys? Obviously, we've talked about it was emotional and that kind of thing. What's it saying to you that you could do to help with your well-being when this is going on with your head and your heart, your gut and your lungs, all that kind of stuff? What's it saying to you guys? I think for me is to take a step back and actually listen to your to your brain and listen to the heart and even your gut but one at a time take that time out to listen have a one to one with them because the thing is that 
they're all very vocal and they're obviously wanting to get a message across uh, and whether that is a negative or a positive and we've talked about that before what are they actually saying you know make time for them for all of them and see what they're saying oh i think that's i think that's really sage advice actually because it's we react don't we we're in reaction mode constantly mm. and i think if we're feeling that pull and we're feeling that you know oh no what's my heart telling me? you know and it's kind of you go into reaction mode but i think your advice there to kind of pause and take that step back it makes you more responsive doesn't mm -hmm. it which is a much more empowered place to be it puts you in more of a position of choice yeah doesn't it and control yeah you know step, step back Right, I can hear all of you. It's like having a group of children. They're all ch right. Okay, one at a time, please. <laughs> I really like that. It is about listening to them. About you know, listening to them one at a time. What's it saying to me? Do I need to listen to this? Is it giving me information that can that can benefit me to change this? Just want to say we've had. Um, a message from JK, who was our first ever interview, and he runs Purple Wellness. He's a clinical hypnotherapist, and he does lots of lovely things with his clients around, you know, making sure that they work on themselves, that they are coming from a really good place, that they are working from where they are. He's another one of those kind of people that will just take people exactly as they are and how they come to it. He's also one of the directors here, at HCR is a real good supporter of us. Um, he's the reason we're on the radio, if I'm honest. Though I fell out with him because he said Chesney Hawks, really? Yes, Jay, Chesney Hawks. We love Chesney. <laughs> but it just goes to show, doesn't it? We're all very different. We're, what we like is all very different. And that's why we quite like to, you know, have a song choice from myself and from Sue because we've got very different tastes. But it's also about, you know, this is where we're coming from. And just just because of he said that, next time he's in, I'm going to play it again. So <laughs> just be warned, Jay. There you go. Don't worry, Jay. I'll have a word with him. <laughs> but no, it's lovely. He, what he was saying was he, he's loving this descriptive words, and they are, you know, within the poem, but also what we're all talking mm -hmm. about. It is very descriptive. It's very, like, it's easy to understand, I think. It's getting to that point where people can really understand what you're talking about and are a then able to go, okay, what what does it do for me then? What can I take from this? And I'm really big on that. You know, it's about people being responsible. What can I take from this? What can mm. I do to, you know, to maybe make myself feel better, you know, going on inside without hurting other people, obviously. Yeah, I think there's something about, you know, we, there's a lot of information shared out there, isn't there? So it's sometimes you have to kind of wade through the mm. treacle, don't you? Or sort of cut through to something that speaks to you. And if it's a poem, you know, or a quotation or a statement or a song, <laughs> you know, then use that. that put that in your, in, your, in your toolbox. You know, that's part of your well-being isn't it that's part of kind of building yourself up and I think looking at something like a, this poem it, it, it's opening up your mind isn't it you know so we might have all done poetry at school and like been really bored by it you know you were talking about teachers before Narelle depending on whether we've had an inspirational yeah. teacher or not of course but 
you know, and some people might be thinking, oh, well, I'm not going to read a poem. But actually, this is about, I don't know, this is so real for me. Mm. You know, it is kind of, um, you know, all the things that, like Jay was saying, the descriptive language, all the things, there's a lot of imagery, isn't there? There's a lot of things for you to kind of grab onto. And this idea of all these things being, you know, I can imagine this happening, this separation. I've got all these kind of little, the heart character and the head character and the gut character. You know, I've got like a little cartoon playing out in my mind. That's, that's just great. That's just for me. You know, and, and I love this idea about it kind of like, you know, sneaking out through the window, mm. you know, in the rib cage. And uh, it would make an excellent kind of uh, video, wouldn't it, um, actually? I mean, there may already be something like that out there. I, I don't really know. But I think it, it's sort of, it's a way in, isn't it, to kind of helping us figure out, okay, well, what's going on with me? Um, it's something, I don't know, it's imaginative, but sort of tangible in a weird way at the same time. I don't know if I'm making any kind of sense. For, for, me, for me, it is a little story. Oh, yeah. Within, so for me, I, I look at that and... I, I'm not a poet. I wouldn't, I wouldn't say it was a poem. I'd say it's a little story. And, la and like you, with the imagery, I've got pictures already, you know, with my little suitcase going down my spine to have a, have a sit in that, you know, the leather chair in my stomach for the therapy. It's all in my mind, and it's, it's really powerful how words or little stories like that, you can then start to make little films, like we said before, little positive films. Um, and that's just, this for me is just lovely. And it's, I, I think it's very, very simple. You know, I do like plain things and very simple things because I can grasp them very easily and very quickly and make a film with them, with inside my, my head. And this is so, you could do that so easily. You read my mind because I, I, it wasn't me. I was, I was thinking of you I, when you were talking about all these suitcases that you had, and I thought it's Narelle taking her little suitcase and she's sliding down and she's going sitting in this chair because actually what you're doing is you're going to go right. I've brought this. I'm going to deal with this bag now. Yeah. And it, it was sort of, for me. It was like okay, so all these suitcases you can't deal with them all at once. No. You can't do that. You know, and that's too much. Just exactly like you were saying before about if you've got this big goal. Break it down. Put that to one side. What are the little mm. steps that you can start to do? Well, it's the same with anything that we are working on. You know, habits that we've had for years and years. We need to break it down a little bit. And so I'm thinking, for me, it was like this little bag. I'm taking this little bag. I'm going to the doors of my lungs. I'm going to go in because actually then that bag's going to be lighter on my way out. Mm. When I've left my lungs again, my bag's going to be lighter because I'll have dealt with stuff. And I think that's, for me, what it does. The, you were saying before, you know, you give different tips and, mm. and tools that people can use within your keynote when you're speaking. And I think, yeah, you can try it. And then if that doesn't work, that's OK. Mm. It's not about throwing the baby out with the bathwater. It's something's not working. OK, change it a little bit. Try it again. And then, okay, if that's not working, we'll try something different. So, because one breathing technique didn't work for mm. you, it doesn't mean to say all of them won't work. You know, there's a lot of different things. We use mudras, which are hand yoga. Yeah. We use a lot of that within our sessions as well. And there's such a variety of them. Some I connect with more than others. Mm. Some I know others have really connected with. 
you know, it's with everything. We come at this from where we are and who we are, don't we? It was really interesting then when you talked about the visualisation because you could do this visualisation with a client. You know, you've got your little bag. What are you going to take from your brain? Right, let's start, you know, slip down into your lungs. Sit there for a while. We might need to go and slip down into the, the stomach and sit there in that big leather chair and let's empty a little bag from your from your head and then it's empty and then you go back up maybe you you know maybe you might go to the heart this time pack a little overnight bag come back down the spine oh, i'm there <laughs> <laughs> you are you could see she was there literally in the room we definitely need to record these sessions because she, she was totally there you could see it she's really gone but you were actually you're doing that on yourself as well people yeah. could do that on oh, themselves yeah. couldn't they you know so you don't have to wait for anybody else yeah absolutely i think it's uh, i love that Narelle. i was there with you <laughs> i think yeah i think that imagery is very very powerful mm. and it it shows us what we're capable of doesn't it and and you know in in there's a line there i just can't live with my mistakes of the past or my anxiety about the future it's kind of like it the person knows that they want to initiate change but mm. they just don't know how they can do it yeah. and actually by listening to themselves listening to their gut the the solution is there for them yeah and i love that so we are just sort of wrapping up we have been discussing the anatomy of peace by john riddell and about how this can actually really get you to just think about things for yourself and when we were listening to that lovely song Narelle you came up with something that was really key for me with, with regards to the poem yeah because it talks about exhaustion and you know when that when your inner chatter uh, is going and it's overwhelming and even you know your, your heart with the pain it is draining and you feel you do feel exhausted and and when that happens, it's about taking time out. But also, it's, like, it's like building your resilience up. You need to take time out on a regular basis. You know, quality me time to recharge your batteries. If we recharged ourselves the same amount of times we recharge our mobile phones, <laughs> we would feel fantastic. Again, we, we wait until we're exhausted and then say, oh, I need some time off or I need a holiday. How many times have you heard somebody that said, I've gone to, on holiday and for the first few days I was ill? And that is because your mind and your body, you're going too far. You have to build in that quality me time every single week. You've got to look after yourself because nobody else will. Can you hear the passion coming through there? No, I love it. I love it. Clear, no, clear. Don't shy away from yeah, that, Narelle. Don't change, Narelle. No, definitely don't. That was sheer passion that you were talking there. Really did come across. Definitely, and that's such a fantastic message. I think one we all need to take heed of. You know, yeah, taking care of ourselves. It's not selfish. It's fundamental to our mental well-being. It really is. However, that comes up for you. Yeah. So there are so many different things that you can do. It doesn't have to be meditation, mindfulness. It doesn't have to be that kind of thing. It could be going for that 5K run. You know, I've got a friend who runs all the time and I know that's really good for her well-being. 
And it, so it could be that. It could be painting. It could be walking the dogs, playing with the dogs. I've, I always have to bring it that, back to that because of obviously my beautiful dogs. It could be listening to your favourite wellbeing talk radio show on a Thursday afternoon between 12 and 2. It could. It could definitely be that. It could be Chesney Hawks with the I am the one and only. <laughs> it could be. <laughs> Whatever it turns up for you, whatever makes you feel alive, mm-hmm. builds that spark in you, sets you on fire, you know, whatever builds you up where you just feel like you're filled, like that bank of self is completely full and you've made so many deposits that it's shining with the gold coming out of you, whatever it happens to be. That was an extract from our radio show, Let's Talk Wellbeing. You can listen in every Thursday between 12 and 2 on HCR 92.3 FM or online on hcr923fm.com.